Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. Europod. When we go around the lake and we ask the people three adjectives to define the lake, and they say dark, dead, and uh, dirty. And it's not so true. And by talking about show them uh, images, we can say them that in the first five, six, seven meters of water, we have a lot of uh, nature, we have a lot of fishes. This is Filippo. He's sitting in the small office of Proteus, the environmental association he runs. The office boasts a captivating view of Lake Como, nestled in the north of Italy. Filippo is a geologist and works as an environmental guide and educator, specializing in the territory of Lake Como. As he prepares for our conversation, his eyes keep wandering. He looks around the small room and then out of the window. The late afternoon sun casts a rippling reflection on the water, illuminating his eyes as he thinks. He raises his hand and points to the water, then points to the mountains. He passionately explains that these two elements, more than anything else, define the landscape and the intricate ecosystem it harbors. Lake Como is a landscape that has fascinated romantic artists in the past and captivates Hollywood stars today. Visitors from across the globe flock to this destination, making Como and its lake renowned worldwide. The hashtag, hashtag Lake Como, features nearly 2 million posts on Instagram, and the photos of its emerald blue surface regularly appear on the pages of glossy travel magazines. However, beneath this shiny surface lie the challenges that have plagued the region in recent years. The most urgent is drought a huge threat to the lake's ecosystem and the local economy. Welcome back to Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. My name is Julie Simond. In today's episode, we'll go to Italy to discover how the once thriving Lake Como has dried up. We're sitting in Filippo's office on the shore of the lake. It's a calm day and the water is still. Small waves break on the old granite steps that lead to the water. My name is Filippo and I'm 59 years old. I'm a geologist and my job is connected with environment, tourism and sustainability. Here in Como, I work with Proteus, that's an association connected with uh, these three items. And our main goal is to communicate uh, environmental uh, values uh, and the real scientific history of our lake and landscape. Filippo invites us for a walk. As we leave his office, he stares at the colorful kayaks and small boats moored on the dock. Two people are getting their canoes ready. 
Filippo recalls that about a year ago, in the summer of 2022, the situation was completely different. The dock outside his office was almost empty of boats. The level of the water had dropped so dramatically that docks were not accessible anymore, and new beaches were emerging everywhere. The entire region of Lombardy and the north of Italy was battling its worst drought in decades, if not in history. Lake Como reached a record. It was 40 centimeters below what's called a hydrometric level. It means that the water was 40 centimeters below its expected value. Filippo, however, thinks that the term drought alone doesn't manage to capture the complexity of the situation. I really don't know if drought is the right word. I mean, um, if we check the last 20 years, uh, we can see that rains uh, is still the same. The average uh, of the rain is still the same. What is different is how the rain falls down. In the last 10, 20 years, we have a few long periods without rain and short periods with a lot of rain. And this is the problem. Because uh, no rains means uh, low level of the lake. Many rains, it means uh, high level and a lot of problems. Filippo starts walking along the cobblestone pathway adorned with towering trees that embrace the shoreline. He bikes on this path every day to go to work. We follow along, bathed in the afternoon light. Every morning when I come here to work and I have uh, one kilometer of road that I do with my bike, uh, I watch the lake and sometime when I arrive here I say, wow, I'm coming here to work and I work in a fantastic place and I watch the lake and I remain to watch it for several minutes and it happens every morning and every morning I really surprised of the beauty of this place. Sunset is approaching, the sky turns pink, and the ever-reflecting water does too. A swan approaches the shore and fights with a duck for a piece of bread thrown by a tourist. Filippo stops walking and points to a quaint village nestled on the mountain across the lake. It's Lalio where the American actor George Clooney owns his famous villa and a town where just 876 people live. In July 2021, several small towns on the lake's shore and mountains were hit by severe flooding and landslides, Lalio among them. It may not seem obvious, but these events are linked to drought. But why? You just imagine that if we have uh, an empty lake, the pressure on the mountains uh, slopes disappear. Filippo moves his hands in a way to indicate the slow release of tension. It happens very easily that the rocks and the gravel falls down and we have a landslide. And the landslides are very dangerous for the navigation, for uh, the villages, uh, for the roads. So the first problem uh, starts in the lake, but the consequences are on the rocks, on the mountains. Unfortunately, although the risk of landslides comes from the drought, the rain doesn't make the situation any better. What's not to like about a summer storm? The crashing sound from up above signals a few hours of relief from the hot temperatures of the Italian summer. But for people like Filippo, or the inhabitants of the villages like Lalio, this sound has been more worrying than pleasant lately. When the rain eventually arrives, it truly pours. A substantial amount of water hits the ground in a very short amount of time. 
If the slopes of the mountains have already been weakened by the preceding drought, the risks of landslides have become a genuine threat. We must consider that the landscape in which we live is made up by two big elements, natural elements and human elements. The problem starts when the men arrive, when the humans arrive. So we cannot consider all the elements only from the natural point of view. The heavy rains that plagued Como in July 2021 caused mudslides and floods. They damaged dozens of houses and hundreds of people were forced to evacuate. And the main road that connects Como to the famous town of Bellagio was blocked for a few days. There were more than 70 million euros of damage in total. The area's most famous resident, George Clooney, shared his observations and concerns about the damages with the media. This is how he describes the aftermath. It's so much worse than anybody thinks. It's much worse. We were in Chernobyl. It's very bad. But here in Lalio, it's much worse. They think it could be years and millions of dollars before they can fix it. It's going to be very bad. Humans aren't the only victims of climate change and drought. Plants and animals are also affected. If we consider that fishes lay their eggs under 20 or 30 centimeters from the water surface, if water disappears, we lose one year worth of fishes. It means that the eggs are exposed to warmer air and they die. And it means a big ecological problem. The loss of an entire generation of fish has far-reaching consequences as it disrupts the delicate balance of the entire food chain and ecosystem. We must learn to approach the lake exactly as we do when we talk about forest, when we talk about mountain. A lot of people start from the idea that the lake, because we don't see what happened below, under the surface, it's not so important. Filippo and his wife Paola founded Proteus because they had the feeling that locals didn't know about the thriving ecosystem underneath the lake's surface. Proteus uh, is born on 1999, in a period when if you want to talk about environment, it was very tough. The energy, ecological point of view, but uh, the lake is our main goal. At that time, Paula already had expertise as a diver and had participated in scientific and environmental research trips at sea. Both Paula and Filippo thought that people needed to see the lake in the way they do to truly understand its ecosystem. When we go around the lake and we ask the people three adjectives to define the lake, and they say dark, dead, and uh, dirty. And it's not so true. And by talking about show them images, we can say them that in the first five, six, seven meters of water, we have a lot of nature, we have a lot of fishes. Filippo strongly believes in the power of education and effective communication to combat the environmental challenges hurting our planet, including those faced by Como. Our goal is the mission. We want to say to the people, be careful, take care of the lake. Because uh, until uh, the end of last century, the lake was a place where to put the pollution, a place where to put everything. In the last 24 years, we decided to go into the school and to talk to the people, to talk to the students and show them what happens inside the lake. And so the lake is our main topics. Then we talk about different topics about environment. 
they try to reach an audience that ranges from children to adults. But for them, children and students of all ages are the main targets. Every year, we host uh, thousands and thousands of students, uh, starting from the very young uh, students uh, till to the university. And we talk uh, about our lake from a different point of view. I mean, from a biological point of view, ecological, geological, and so on. Because what we really need is to open the eyes to the people living here. Through Proteus, they also created a project called ReLake, which works to revitalize aquatic plant life on the bottom of the lake. Several years ago, we have a lot of plants. And so we have a lot of fishes and we have a lot of animals. So we have a big, a complex ecology and ecosystem. But over the last 20 years, many of them were unable to survive due to human activity, such as boats on the water, and the consequences of said activity, like pollution. In the last 20 years, we lost everything. That's why we are doing this new project, Relake, and our goal is to put in the lake again the plants, because if we have light, if we have light inside the lake, we can have photosynthesis, and so we must re store the ground of the lake because uh, otherwise it should die and if the lake dies uh, even outside we could have a big problem because the lake is the power the engine of the entire ecosystem As Filippo approaches the last part of the lakefront, we pass by a big group of tourists waiting in line to take the ferry. We can hear many different languages. Over the past decade, the area of Lake Como has experienced a significant surge in tourism. In 2022 alone, more than 3.6 million people traveled on ferries and boats operated by the water transport network known as the Navigazione of Lake Como. I think that we are living a magic moment from a touristic point of view here in Como. But um, I really don't know if uh, this magic moment uh, will last uh, for several years. And I don't know if it's right that this magic moment lasts, because uh, I see too much people here. According to Filippo, this is too many people for a territory that is too small to sustainably deal with this kind of pressure. But the fault doesn't just lie with the tourists. It's also in the local institutions and the tourism industry that don't do much to raise awareness about environmental issues. But, as Filippo provocatively replies, why would they? Why they should do it? Just watch around. Uh, you have a lot of people, the hotels are full booked, and we have people everywhere. The machine still works. Probably it must happen as happens in other parts of Italy, when they have a problem with the, the old way of doing tourism. So they open their eyes and they say, OK, we have to change. But nowadays, why they should change? You know that um, I'm joking. I mean, I think they should do it, uh, but uh, they're still blind. So that's why I say that we have to wait uh, a few years, then something change, and then probably even the public economy, the public power will open their eyes and they decide to change. As we hear the ferry departing, Filippo sighs. He wants to be realistic, but also wants to remain hopeful for the future, even if he's aware that there are many challenges ahead. 
I lead people in, um, in the nature, here in Como, but in Europe uh, and uh, out of Europe. I've seen a lot of uh, fantastic uh, examples of um, sustainable tourism. I know that sustainability is the only way to do tourism, but I don't know if all the places on the world, uh, they are ready to do it. So I know what I would like will happen here, but I'm not so sure that it will happen. Anyway, the goal of my job will be really, really connected with sustainability tourism. I have to do it. And then we will see what will happen. But Filippo has hope for initiating a citywide conversation on topics such as drought, flooding, climate change and sustainable tourism. He finds this hope in the enthusiasm and passion of the young people he encounters through his work with Proteus. Let's talk about the activity of fishing. A lot of students like fishing because the grandpa told them how to do. And so they know they are able to recognize the fishes, but probably they are not able to connect the fish with the biological or ecological point of view. And we are very proud and very, very happy to give them the tools to connect what they know because of their own passion with the scientific point of view. And for sure, we know they go back and talk to their relatives what they did. And so are very, very important for us, the students. Diving under the calm surface of Lake Como to address its environmental problems has been an interesting and at the same time worrying journey. It's a reminder that even behind or below some of the most beautiful landscapes in the world, the climate crisis is already at work, damaging and compromising ecosystems. An extractivist and consumerist logic towards the environment is no longer possible, and we all, locals and tourists alike, should question our role in the exploitation of nature. A different approach is possible, an approach that could give us long-term satisfaction and that can preserve our landscapes and our future. This would require having conversations about challenging topics such as water management and sustainable tourism, and finding solutions that are possible to implement. A simple question remains. Do we want to make the effort? Well, no scare, no hope. I'm really curious and I hope that my son will be able to tell me in the future what will happen here in Como Lake. We've reached the end of this week's episode of Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. This show is part of the Sphera Network project and it's available on Europod a network of podcasts exploring European cultures, politics, and societies. Maria Colonna is the scriptwriter of this episode. Maria Dios is our producer and editor. Our sound design is by Jeremy Bouquet. My name is Julie Simont. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where our producer will interview Maria to discuss how climate change is dehydrating Italy. Bye.